Hey Guardians, welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast normally about NBC's The Good Place. My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, of all my siblings, I hate her the least. It's my sister Marissa. Want to go kill dad together? Not really dad, but sure. Yeah. Well, not our dad. No. Right. But in this fantasy in which (laughs) one of us is Nebula and the other one is Gamora. Right, but he's not really their dad. They make a point. Sure, sure, sure. Adoptive. Well, I mean, like, let's not not besmirch adoption. No, but she makes a point to say, you know. It's not probably really adoption if you murder somebody's parents and steal them, right? That's just kidnapping. That's just kid. That's straight up kidnapping. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting to watch... We watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Volume one. Volume one. Interesting to watch this knowing what we now know about the Thanos-Gamora relationship and a couple other things about the MCU, but we'll get there. Yes. Uh, So in honor of Captain Marvel and in anticipation of Avengers Endgame, we are revisiting or visiting for the first time some of our uh, other Marvel movies for a theme we would like to call Avengers Pregame. This week, we watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, starring Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Bradley Cooper as a raccoon, and Vin Diesel as a tree. (laughs) Some interesting voice acting in this movie. Yeah. And before we get to the recap, a little bit of housekeeping up front. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and at goodplay.cast.rocks. Please rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. That would be lovely. You can also follow and like us. We have a group on Facebook called The Good Play, which is sort of fallow at the moment ish sure but we're tweeting at uh marissa's tweeting at the good at the good play pod and you can also send us an email at the good play pod at gmail.com so lots of ways to get in touch i imagine next week when we do our avengers end game pod well it may not be next week i don't think i'm oh, gonna okay. get a chance to see it till sunday so it's, okay. it might have to or it might have to be a midweek release or something okay we might but we might have some more uh social media action at at that point right can i do a few shout outs before we get to the recap sure okay so friend of mine Allie, started listening to the podcast and listened to our captain marvel episode and made an amazing piece of podcast (laughs) fan art it's all like a meme generation situation yes so that is one reason, that's the latest thing on our Facebook page, so that is one reason to go onto our Facebook page and join our group. Yeah, don't spoil it. Oh, okay, I won't then. It's a meme, and I'm in it, so you should check it out. <laughs> and then uh, I also wanted to shout out our mutual friend, Amy. She wrote a scholarly article about uh, sort of looking at smart assistance through like a feminist lens, and uh, she shouted out our favorite not a girl not a robot janet from the good place so that was really wonderful and uh i also want to just uh personally shout out kate for re-watching infinity war last night opening a bottle of wine and just like live texting me her reactions as she drank more and more so that was a lot of fun <laughs> so did it hold up for her it did hold up for her. She said she forgot a bunch of it, so she was glad that she rewatched it. I'm gonna have I've to. I've re- probably forgotten almost all of it. At I'm this gonna have. Me too. I'm gonna have to rewatch it. We're seeing it on Saturday, so I'm gonna have to rewatch it before then. We're seeing it Saturday at like 11 a.m. <laughs> so just like a brunch, like a brunch situation. <laughs> it's like three, three hours, hours though. It's gonna be just so you know, long. strap in, man. It's gonna be so long. Ugh. <sighs> Don't drink anything. <laughs> just. <laughs> That's like an act of aggression. I'm sorry. It re- I know. It really is. Like, you should have an intermission or something. 
<sighs> I, I agree. But, and I think that someone tried to get it to have an intermission, but like, it's basically at this point, it's the, the theater owners, you know, who they don't want to add the additional time in because it means they get fewer screenings in the movie and which means they get less money and like less concession sales. Yeah. So like they just, although you could argue like if there were an intermission, maybe people would get up and buy concessions during the intermission. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to be drinking anything because if you do, <laughs> you're going to miss a, an important scene that, for sure. That's your end game is just like <laughs> holding it in while like Dr. I, I, there Strange. Is no, there is absolutely no way. I will have to go with somebody and I will have to make them my bathroom buddy and I will just come back and be like, what did I miss? Yeah, basically. I cannot hold it for three hours. No. It's not possible. I've... I've gestated two enormous babies in my body. I cannot I mean, hold my pee in for three hours. I haven't done that, and I don't think I could hold my pee in for three hours either. So it's gonna be it's it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough. But yes. uh, shall we get started with the recap? The recap? Oh, can we before we start recapping? Can we just sort of do like high level impressions of this movie? So I haven't. We hadn't. I don't know about you. I hadn't seen this movie since you and I went to see it together in the theater back in 2013. I think. Uh, I I think I'd seen it once or twice after that, but not, it, it's not like a common rewatch for me. I was surprised by how bored I was by it. <laughs> I was like bored and annoyed by it mostly. Like I, and I remember really loving it when we went to see it in the theater. Now, I think it may have been like the first movie I saw in theaters after my first son was born. So maybe I kind of had an inflated. <laughs> You're just like, I'm just so excited to be out of the house without my kid. <laughs> Yeah, basically. No, because I remember really liking it too. And I there were definitely some things that I still enjoyed. But I think, you know, it it almost has the same way I felt about Ultron of like I enjoyed it when I saw it, but in the larger context of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think there are parts of it that don't hold up as well. And also like, you know, it just there were for me the the things that were tough was and and this is going to be the problem i think in any movie where especially when you're talking about space is that for any at least any marvel movie where you're talking about space is that there were so many characters and so many sets that it was sometimes hard to keep track of everything and for this i don't know I have now, I think because of its place in the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe, I have even more questions about like the Kree and what is their deal and all that as well. (laughs) I had a couple, I had a couple problems. So I didn't, I don't know that I found it. There were too many characters. I'll grant you that. Um, And I didn't, I was left at the end of the movie still being like, what is Nova? Okay. Yeah, great like, question. Xandar is a planet. Nova Prime is the title of Glenn Close. And the Nova Corps is the military that gets completely 9-11'd by Ronin. Yeah, that was But rough. like, who, what is Nova just by itself? What is that? Is that the city? Is that the government? Like, I still had no idea. Like, there were things that were underexplained. But honestly, my problems with this movie were more, first of all, it's very violent, it just is like, and I know it's like space violence, cartoon violence, comic book violence or whatever. But like at this point in my life, I'm not sure I care. Like uh, Ronan, you know, uh, sledgehammers a guy's head. Yeah, he open, definitely does that. And blood runs down. Groot 
puts a branch through a whole line of soldiers and smash smashes them to death against other soldiers for like it's it's supposed to it's like played for laughs like he does it for too long and it's yeah. like this isn't funny it's very violent well, like the, the, that was also a problem i remember have, having with i mean i i don't mind i didn't mind that stuff as <sighs> the sledgehammer thing is r- the roughest part to me because that was very like difficult to watch some of the other stuff like you know the outer space chases and stuff like that that doesn't bother me as much but i remember also having a similar reaction to guardians 2 that i thought it was really violent oh guardians 2 is is worse they airlock like all the ravagers that's right and you see all the bones of ego's children like in a big diorama it's just like what is this this is twisted yeah so so that that one was worse to me i think yeah well, the fact that it's worse doesn't make this better for me. No. It's so that's weird. the first major problem. The second major problem I had was like, God, this movie is misogynist. Like, I'm sorry. It is. Like, there is, yeah. like, there are multiple instances of like, well, uh, I, no woman worked on this. <laughs> like, no woman worked. Like, I, I actually think it had a, a female screen, like, co-screenwriter. So that can't, can't even be true. But like, I hated that Drax kept calling Gamora a whore. Yeah. And, it, and especially because, like, his people aren't supposed to understand metaphor. So does he literally mean that he believes that she is a sex worker? Like, like what? Great question. What? Right? Yeah. And then there was that whole thing. Like, I know I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry. We'll get there. But, like, the whole thing, the, the first time that the power gem is unlocked... The person who takes hold of it is basically a slave. Mm-hmm. It's a slave. It's a slave woman mm-hmm. who is being, at best, you know, quote unquote, normal enslaved. I don't even know what that means, but realistically, is probably a sex slave of the collector. Oof. And she sees the power gem and sees in it her freedom and is punished for doing this by. She dies. By the way, the collector gets to live. Mm. The the enslaver gets to survive that encounter. But the slave who had the temerity to try to take power away from her enslaver gets to die. Like, that was so unforgivable to me, like, watching it this time. That I was just like, this movie just is, like, such an assault. (laughs) Like, I I really cannot enjoy it. Mm. Yeah... I mean, I think there's also there's also that girl at the very beginning where Chris Pratt is like, oh, I didn't even yes. remember you were still here. Yes. And that's supposed to be like set him up as like a real ladies man or whatever. But, you know, and, and he does talk a lot about like he shows his scars from like all the girls who've like cut him or whatever when he, you know, treated them badly. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when he like steps out on them. Yeah, it's not, and also, if you look at it with the layer of, like, Gamora and Nebula are being pitted they're, against they're each other. They're victims of kidnapping. They're victims, they're, like, child illegal, soldiers. They're, yeah, they're child soldiers who've been exposed to, like, illegal or immoral or unethical or whatever, like, uh, genetic and bio-human. Like, body modification. Yes, against their will as kidnapped as kidnapped child soldiers (laughs) like 
The only women Yikes. in this movie, the only women in this movie are a pair of kidnapped child soldiers and Glenn Close. <laughs> Who, and Glenn, Glenn Close is like, can't do anything. She's like yes. yelling at a screen and the Kree emperor, which like, I'm sorry, do the Kree have an emperor or is this, were they run by the, the AI? intelligence, yeah. Unclear. Unclear. Uh, I had a lot um, of questions about the Kree <laughs> from this movie. Yeah. Yeah, not great. Certainly not great. I mean, Gamora's a badass, but very clearly, like, when they get... I know we're jumping ahead, but, like, when they get to the prison, everybody's like, oh, you know, like, first of all, this prison is co-ed, which makes no sense to me, but... <laughs> I know. But everybody's threatening her, and she's like, she literally is like, whatever horror or whatever nightmares lie before me are dreams compared to what I've had to deal with in my past. And I'm like, yikes. <laughs> like, that is, <laughs> now, that, that's a yikes from me, dog. Like, that is. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it's tough because it is supposed to be this, like, very happy go lucky space adventure, but about it so does not read to me that way anymore it did at the time and it just doesn't anymore i agree and that's not i don't know if it's because i'm older or because in the intervening years the mcu gave me like black panther and captain and captain marvel both of which are like wonderfully feminist movies right and that's also possible i think it's probably a combination of both and i will say it's not just the women who have like a you know a tough road of it here like you know Rocket has that whole, like, his whole oh, character's yeah. motivation is, is or uh, everything he gets angry about is, like, you know, he's a, he's a monster. He, he believes he's a monster. He's had all these genetic tests and, what does he say, torn apart and put back together over and over. Over and over, yeah. I didn't ask to be like this. I didn't ask to be made. Peter clearly has some unresolved issues, obviously, because it's about his mom. He doesn't know his father. He's raised by someone, and and this, again, is me looking at this movie through the lens of Guardians 2, which is, like, Mm. Michael Rooker's character, Yondu, gets a whole redemption arc in the second movie, which I didn't quite think he deserved, because in this movie, he's abusive towards Peter. Like, he literally hits him and is constantly yelling at him and constantly saying... You know, the only reason you're alive is because of me. Because I didn't let the boys eat you. Because I didn't let anybody eat you. He very, very clearly is, like, abusive. And that's the way Peter's grown up. And it's just sort of this, like, so he's got stuff. And he has the whole speech about how, like, they've all lost people and all that. Like, you know, I think think Drax's whole thing about his wife and daughter, like, I think he hammers it a little too hard but like that's a tough thing to watch your family be murdered uh obviously so they've all got stuff and so i think on the surface this sort of the marketing for the movie is like look at this bunch of like ragtag mm-hmm. like people and adventurers yeah ragtag adventures and it's supposed to be funny and all that kind of stuff and i think if you watch it through like a more critical lens you're like oh this is this is real dark. <laughs> it's very dark. And it didn't make me laugh as much as I was expecting to. Like, I remembered it as a funny movie, and I don't think I really chuckled <laughs> watching it last night. There, I was were a couple, like, there were a couple points where I laughed, but... I could be wrong. There could be a couple things, but, like, there there have been some Marvel movies that really made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, recently, and yeah. Uh, this was not one of them. <laughs> yeah. Woof. Yeah. Very... I, and I think you're right, too, about this the way that 
uh, the MCU has evolved because, like, in the intervening years, like, we've gotten some clunkers, right? <laughs> but we've also... Like Thor 2 or whatever. Thor 2, uh, Ultron was 2015, right? So that was after this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, th- there have been some movies that haven't been as... But, like, Ragnarok was funnier than this. Oh, Ragnarok was not only 12,000% funnier, it was also way better than this. Yeah. Like, it's not even a contest. So I think we, I think you're right that, like, this maybe didn't age the best. At the time, so I watched it with a friend, and he was like, well, the problem was, like, at the time, a Marvel movie, an MCU movie being sort of, like, snarky and, like, cool or whatever was was new. Like, Mm -hmm. it was the first movie that kind of broke out of the mold of Iron Man and all the rest. Like, the sort of very serious movies that have some moments of levity but are not, you know, are not irreverent as a rule. Right. This was the first one. So at the time, it kind of felt like, wow, this is so cool and fresh. And now it's like, it's not cool and fresh anymore. (laughs) Or the ways in which they chose to be cool and fresh are very, like, gendered, (laughs) right? Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing this movie and having, like, lots of, like, I was, you know, obviously very attracted to Chris Pratt's character. (laughs) That doesn't surprise anybody who's listened to more than five minutes of this podcast. Um, But partially because I, and I, but I remember it being like, oh, this is, he's like a Han Solo character, but Mm -hmm. he's, I look at it again and I'm like, but you're not, though. (laughs) Like it's i mean you are on the surface but it feels like he's playing a part rather than actually sort of embodying that you know which i guess makes sense because he is kind of playing a part and he does have some some demons to work out as we'll get to but mm. or as they get to in the second movie anyway yeah but, it's more in the second movie although maybe at some point maybe we should do guardians too because I, I have so much script doctoring for that movie. <laughs> we could do it next week instead of... Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm going to be traveling for most of the weekend. So do you want to get to the recap? Yeah, let's do it. We have a cold open on Earth in 1988 where Peter Quill is listening to Awesome Mix Volume 1, which is a great mix. That's probably the best thing to come out of this movie. I was going to say... The music and the stuff with his mom actually still affected me. Oh, yeah. I was like, please do not make me watch this thing again with the mom. But of course I had to. And I was like, "Mm, why? (laughs) The stuff with his mom and the music is fantastic. Yes. The music. Look, but like they didn't. Music wasn't written for the movie. Like the music holds up, but it has nothing to do with the movie. (laughs) I was singing along with all of it, which, you know. Basically, if you want to watch a movie with me, you have to accept the fact that I'm going to be singing along with any of the songs that I know. So, as you are well aware. Yes. Yes. I have the same affliction. (laughs) So, little Peter Quill is listening to Awesome Mix Volume 1 in the hospital as on his, like, Walkman headphones as his mom is dying and his grandpa takes him into the hospital room. He's He's like, take those things off. And he, like, takes the headphones and... Stuffs him in his backpack and is like, you know, you gotta go see your mother, ma. And and is look, the grandpa does not cover himself in glory here, but like, look, he's losing his daughter. I get it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, his mom's just like, oh, baby, you know, you got in another fight, and you know, like it's okay, you know, my sweet boy, you know, you're just like your daddy, and your daddy was an angel composed of pure light, which. 
I was like, damn you, Kurt Russell! I seriously! <laughs> watching this movie again, I was like, Kurt Russell is the worst! <laughs> if you haven't seen Guardians 2, you don't know what we're talking about. We're not talking about Kurt Russell, the person who no, seems Kurt like Russell a lovely the- guy. He does! <laughs> Talking about Ego, his character in Guardians 2, where it's revealed that he knocked up Peter's mom, left, and then came back to kill her. Came back and, like, just, he was like, well, I had to. And Peter's like, uh, what? Yeah. Very hard. Very, very hard to watch this. Yes. And she says, you know, your grandpa's going to take care of you until your daddy comes back. And then she says, here's a present. Open it when I'm gone. And, like, Peter, take my hand. And he kind of turns away. And then she, like, instantly flatlines. And I was like... I don't think that's how dying of cancer works, but okay. <laughs> that's a little, it's I a don't little, know. Just narrative convenience. Sure. And then he like, he like screams for her and he runs outside and he's immediately abducted, which is like immediately. Very, it's very convenient timing. He didn't like, waste was, any time. Was Yandu just like hovering in low earth orbit, just waiting to hear the EEG like, like, <laughs> Oh, that, that's our cue, guys. I don't what? know. Yeah, inexplicable, but whatever. I did think that this kid, the whoever the child actor was who played young Peter, did a good job though of just like yeah, it's losing hard, it's, his mind when his yeah, mom passed. It's away. a hard, it's a hard scene to act when you're that young. I think. Yeah. Then we cut twenty six years later. Peter is on some abandoned planet and he is scavenging to, hey, and he's got his, he's got his. Hey. What's What's the matter matter with with your... Yeah, I was singing. Yep. Yep. My favorite scene (laughs) of the movie. So he's dancing around with his Walkman on, which I was like, look, guys, guys. It's sentimental. I know it doesn't make any sense. Oh, what were you saying? When I was like 14 or 15, a boy that I had a crush on gave me a tape. It wasn't even a mixtape. I don't think any boy ever made me a mixtape. He just taped a soul coughing album onto a tape for me. Okay. I listened to it so much that the magnetic tape fell off and I could not play it anymore. And that took, like, less than a year. Like, <laughs> there's just oh, no I way that this tape saying. still functions. Like, tapes are terrible. <laughs> they are a terrible means of storage. <laughs> like, there's no way it survived. But whatever, it's fine. We have a bunch of cassette tapes in our office in the library and they're about to be digitized. And I, like, went down there for a meeting and with... Uh, one of my team members who's younger than me by about six or seven years. And she's like, Oh my God, there's so many of them. I was like, yeah. Cause they held like eight minutes. of you know what I mean? <laughs> No, it was no. more than that. No, but like it was my first MP3 player legit held eight or nine songs. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So guys, we're old. <laughs> we, yes, we, old. we are old. <laughs> I just had a birthday. So I'm even older now. <gasps> That's true. You're older yes. than you were the last time. That we spoke. I mean, on the podcast, not since you and I spoke. (laughs) (laughs) So Peter finds this orb. They keep calling it an orb. It looks like a pan, like it looks like a blown up Pandora bracelet charm. Yeah. (laughs) Precious memories. (laughs) (laughs) And he he takes it, and some Kree warriors show up, and one of them is uh, Jijiman Hunsu. Who we saw in Captain Marvel. I wish I knew his character's name, but I don't. Because they, they never say it. Because so they never say it. No. <laughs> so he manages somehow to escape the Kree warriors, which seems pretty far-fetched to me, but okay. He gets away. We get a scene where Peter is kind of watching the news and they're talking about this Kree 
uh, Xandar peace treaty and how it's not going well or something. And then Peter's one night stand kind of comes up out of the living quarters and he's like, oh, I forgot you were there. And she, nice. <laughs> then his, then Yondu, who was the one who abducted him, kind of calls on the video phone and is yelling at him because Peter went after the orb by himself. So much yelling in this movie. <laughs> Everyone a has a lot of emotions and they just, <laughs> but it's not ever like, it's, it, yeah. Everyone's just got to yell. Like, no one can just have a conversation. Everyone's yelling at each other all the time. Anyway. It's true. There's a lot of raised voices. I think a lot of, like, like chamomile tea with honey was being passed <laughs> around on set. Especially like, take, Michael, thir- take 37. Like, oh, boy. All Michael right. Rooker's got that rasp. I think yes. he probably needs it. He does a great job, by the way. Like, I have, yeah. I have no beef with any of the acting. Well, I think you have a beef with one uh, of the actors in this we'll movie. We'll get there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And we kind of get the backstory that Yondu was supposed to deliver Peter to Peter's father, but he never did that. Probably for the best, given what we actually know now. Absolutely for the best, given what we know now. (laughs) So now we get a... This was about the point where I was like, oh, there really are a lot of characters in this movie. So many characters! (laughs) So much going on in this movie. It's like a lot to keep track of. And I think that's the thing is like at the time I could be like, well, whatever, some space nonsense. But it all is consequential now. And so you will have to go back and be like, okay, this person <laughs> is in this movie over i need like one of those conspiracy theory like red string charts yes. with charlie day from it's always sunny just yep. like bleary-eyed smoking <laughs> anyway so ronan the accuser as you say in the notes is being very extra about he his ceremonial garb so extra and he's like intoning like Oh, my father and his father and his father and his father. Which like we all right. don't even know anything Bro, about. We know nothing about point. it. <laughs> yeah, we. I still have no idea what the, nope. what the fork he was talking. Me neither. About. We never do. So he kills a Xandarian who's like spitting at him about like the peace treaty, and and Ronan is like, I don't care about your peace treaty or whatever. And then he sledgehammers his head. Which sure. thanks, cool, great. They cut away at the exact moment it would have split his head open like a melon, and then they cut to the blood running down. So, like, yeah, that's that's comic book violence. Thanks so much. What yeah. were you going to say? Did you want to talk now about lead pace? Oh, uh, it can wait, because he gets even more extra later on. <laughs> okay. He's so extra. But I did have a question, though. Okay. And I don't know if there's an answer to this. So we watched this movie this week because we had done Captain Marvel and Ronan the Accuser is in both. And that's a period piece from the 90s. And (laughs) Captain Marvel. And it's like, oh, now Ronan the Accuser is having, is is in Guardians, is having trouble. Now we know why he's like an an outcast because of the, the... uh, Captain Marvel like ended the Kree Scroll War, okay? And so I was like expecting this to have Scroll in it, and I just yeah, forgot I think I about was it. Too. Yeah, me too. And it definitely Defo doesn't. And yeah, the word Scroll never appears in this never movie. Never appears. So like, does Ronan just have beef with everyone <laughs> in the galaxy? Because this is the peace treaty. Like I would expect. That this should have been the peace treaty with, like, the scroll, and that's what he's having problems with, and then Captain Marvel could have come back for Endgame, and it kind of maybe would have made a little bit more sense, but this is, like, 
He so he's got another group of people because this Xandarian guy is like, we won't stand for you like trying to take over our civilization. And I was like, is he doing this with everybody? Because <laughs> the whole point in Captain Marvel was that the Kree and the Skrull have been at war for like generations, All this time. generations. Yeah. And so when he says like my father and his father before him and his father before him, have they just been antagonizing the whole fork and galaxy or what? That's my question. Right. I don't know. Are, are the Kree kind of like the Borg where they just keep trying to assimilate everybody? I don't know. But then I also had questions with like, again, the the Kree in this have an emperor and in Captain Marvel, they have a supreme intelligence, supreme intelligence, supreme intelligence AI that runs their civilization. So do they have both? Question, uh, shrug emoji. I don't know. But yeah. It did seem like other than the two actors in common so lee pace and digimon hunsu other than those two actors being in common like the kree themselves didn't seem to be a consistent thing between captain marvel and guardians right no i agree and nor did so like you know we have those two actors but then like the kree as we saw in Captain Marvel, can look humanoid or kind of have, like, any color skin or whatever. And so I still don't understand why Lee Pace is blue, but, like, whatevs. Maybe he's, like, a special... Maybe he's, like, royalty or something, and that's... I don't know. I just had a lot of questions, and I thought this movie was going to answer them, and it gave me more questions, is really the the thing I wanted to say. Yeah, they kind of just get... Like... Yeah, I mean, Captain Marvel kind of opens up this possibility of them being, like, sort of a morally ambiguous kind of entity, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. that Star Force, in some sense, is some kind of, you know, reasonable military, we think, maybe. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it turns out that they kidnapped Captain Marvel because they were trying to get, basically trying to get the space gem. But... they they weren't, you know, Captain Marvel spent six years with them and she wasn't like going out and committing genocide every week, right? Like the the Star Force seemed to be a kind of a reasonable military entity. Yeah, and also Ronan the Accuser seems like a religious dissident in a society that otherwise seems, if you are... If you are being governed by supreme intelligence, kind of seems more on the side of like science and reason, right? Oh, that's a good point. And so, where does his sort of like ceremonial garb and all that kind of stuff? Oh, and he at several points he says something like, "And we will overpower your gods" or something. He says that to the Xandarians. What at the very end when he comes out of his spaceship, like right before the ooh child moment, he's like screaming at the Xandarians. About, like, your puny gods. And I was like, gods? Where where did this come from? We've never... Yeah, we've, exactly. <laughs> we've never gotten a sense that anyone in the, like, space... The, the Marvel Cinematic Space-Averse, <laughs> like, has any religious persuasion whatsoever. Like, we... I kind of assumed that they were all sort of on the... Sort of more into the science skepticism <laughs> side of the spectrum. I don't know, maybe that's... Yeah whatever <laughs> a lot of a lot, a lot of a lot of things that like i wonder if they were just like well this is never gonna matter and then they're like oh dip we have to make captain marvel how are we gonna do this <laughs> okay if we don't move on we're gonna be here for the rest of our lives yeah 
And also, I have a lot to say about the uh, prison culture of <laughs> the Nova Corps. Let's get to it. <laughs> so, you know, Ronan's being extra. Nebula comes and tells Ronan that uh, Jimon Hunsu is back. And... This is where I was like, oh my god, so many characters. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's like, Peter Quill has the orb and he's going to take it to the broker. And But Ronan promised the orb to Thanos in return for destroying Xandar. Like, oh boy. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. And then Ronan's like, Nebula, go get the orb. And Gamora's like, no, I'll do it. And Nebula's like, blah, blah, blah. It's whatever. <laughs> Gamora's the one who gets sent to do it. So on Xandar, Rocket, who is a raccoon, an intelligent raccoon, is hanging out with a quasi-intelligent tree named Groot. And they're bounty hunters, and they're looking around at all the people, and they find out that Peter has a 40,000-unit bounty on his head, which seems like a lot until we find out later that Peter had to transfer 30,000 units to a guy in prison in exchange for his leg. So how much can it really be? (laughs) Whatever. Nobody was paying attention to these details, I guess. So they find out that Peter has a 40,000-unit bounty on his head from Yondu, and they say, okay, we're going to go after him. And then there's basically this extended sequence where they're all trying to capture each other. Gamora, well, Gamora just wants the orb, right? Mm-hmm. But Peter wants to keep the orb. Rocket and Groot don't care about the orb, but they want Peter, and so they're all tussling with each other for multiple minutes. And then the Nova Corps come, and they put them all in prison. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we get a a shot of Glenn Close, who is playing Nova Prime, which means something. <laughs> It's not clear what. Is she the commander-in-chief? Is she an elected head of state? Is she a royal? Is she... What is she? We don't know. Uh, We don't know. No one seems to care. Uh, She seems to have no standing with the Kree Emperor. Right. She's like, she's like, can you at least condemn Ronan's actions because he's slaughtering children? And he's like, yeah, that's a, that's a YP. <laughs> that's a your problem. <laughs> And she's yeah. like, ugh! <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we get a little bit of introduction to all the future, almost all the future Guardians of the Galaxy when they do like a rundown. It's like, Gamora is the adopted daughter of Thanos. And the fact that she, quote unquote, was lent to Ronin means that there's a link between Ronin and Thanos. Okay. Rocket Raccoon is the ex- result of genetic experiments. Groot is a is a <laughs> is a intelligent tree, and Peter is an outlaw raised by the Ravagers. Okay, thank you for the explanation, movie. That was actually legitimately helpful. <laughs> they all get moved to a maximum security prison that is, I I suppose, run by Nova Corps. And here's here's where my question. <laughs> this I don't know. This is when I started to get a real bad feeling. <laughs> So what we see of Nova and Xandar is supposed to be that they are like the quote unquote good guys, right? That they are lawful and that they are the ones to trust with uh, safeguarding the power gem, which spoiler alert, good good luck with that. Thanos (laughs) got it anyway. Yeah, for real. That, you know, John C. Riley is kind of the poster child of the Xandarians, you know, and he's just like, oh, he's just got this wife and kid he's coming home to or whatever. But they are running this prison that makes American prisons look like Danish prisons. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you want You're not to, wrong. Like, in a, in a, 
in a in an apparent enlightened future where this seems to be a society where people's basic needs are being met we it's you know we don't get much of a look at it but that's what it seems to be that people's basic needs are essentially met how are you going to tell me that this is the same society that created a prison like this it's nuts like if you're going to have an enlightened society they are going to have an enlightened criminal justice system yeah you know for some reason i hadn't i had assumed because it's Maybe this is just me making a leap, but I had assumed that because it was a space prison, it didn't, it wasn't necessarily under their jurisdiction. Like it maybe pulled from like a whole bunch of different places. But to your point, though, if you have like a benevolent society, then they wouldn't be like, yeah, just throw them in there. Just like maximum security. Uh, Inexplicably co-ed. I will say it again. (laughs) For the same reason that Switzerland and China aren't going in together on prisons you know what i mean like it doesn't make any sense like you can't tell me like i cannot believe in the inherent goodness of glenn close and her people if they are doing this to prisoners and look like they are arrested for disturbing the peace (laughs) which is not a very serious violation and like it's none of them have been arrested for murder I mean, you could say, like, maybe Gamora... And also, there's no trial. This is just... They just mm. get rounded up and thrown in prison. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say Gamora is maybe gr- guilty of crimes against space manatee. But, like, <laughs> then you need a trial. You need a Hague. You need a trial. And, like, Peter and Rocket and Groot, like, they're just petty thieves. Like, why are they being thrown into the pit of despair? It's absurd. Yeah. You know, I hadn't really given it much thought, but... <laughs> Uh, I listened to the Chris Hayes podcast about prison culture recently, which was really good and interesting. And I recommend it. it's called, um, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And this is an episode from a couple weeks ago and I strongly recommend it. And yeah, not amusing to watch this movie with that in mind, but whatever. No, I hear you. Yeah. That's, uh, <sighs> that's <laughs> not great. Not a great look for you, Xandar. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Anyway. So, you know, at some point Gamora tells them that she was planning to betray Ronan and they, Peter at least believes her, which he really has no reason to, but okay, whatever. She's pretty. That's why he believes her. <laughs> yeah. Good point. So. I mean, that's no shade. Like, that's no shade. That Zoe Saldana is a beautiful woman. Sure, 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 <laughs> So. Peter kind of gets briefed on, you know, everyone starts throwing things at Gamora and Rocket's like, oh yeah, like Thanos, or was it Ronan or Thanos? Ronan, Ronan, I guess. Like, she's a known associate of Ronan and Ronan has murdered the families of most people here. So like, she's not going to last the night. And they do try to kill her in the middle of the night, but Peter kind of talks. It's it's Drax, who we have not met yet, but he's a big guy who is literal minded and apparently doesn't understand metaphors and is very large and very violent kind of comes up and is about to kill Gamora when Peter kind of talks him down and says, you know, Gamora will lead you to Ronan and that's when you can like kill like the real perpetrator or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's, let's get out of here. And for some reason, this cracked me up. Peter still has the orb. <laughs> like they didn't confiscate it. They didn't sort of be like, well, this looks like it could be something dangerous or a weapon or whatever. Like, oh, it's just a Pandora bracelet charm. Let's just throw it in with this Walkman. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. So, okay, we're going to sell the orb 
to like a broker. So Peter did try to sell the orb to a broker on Xandar and, but he made the mistake of mentioning the name Ronan and the broker was like, yeah, I don't think so. And kicked him out. So, so Gamora is like, oh, I have someone who'll buy it, you know, for like a, an absurd amount of money. So then we'll just split the profits. Okay. So that's our plan is to break out of this prison, go sell this orb, split the profits. And yeah, there's something here where some guy on the video screen tells, but like on a big hologram, like Emperor Palpatine in the original Star Wars is telling Ronan <laughs> that Thanos is mad about being... Oh, we gotta talk about episode nine trailer. Sorry. <laughs> At the end of this. Sorry, you said Palpatine and that reminded me. <laughs> oh, is that gonna... Okay. <laughs> once we're, you mean once we're done talking about Guardians, then yes. we'll do a, an extra segment about yes. the episode nine trailer. Yes. Okay. Yes. Everyone stay tuned for that. That's a forward promotion. Ronan is like, ugh, you know, whatever. And 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 Thanos is like, yeah, I, I hear you made my favorite daughter mad at you. So like, don't do that. I'm going to kill you. Whatever. I mean, Thanos is basically treating Ronan badly because Thanos is a guy who treats people badly. Mm, spoiler no, alert. No surprise there. No surprises. <laughs> So Rocket busts them out of prison. It's kind of a cool escape scene. That is one of the things that made me laugh where he's talking about, like, we need this battery and we can't, like, we have to get the battery last. And then the whole time, like, it's the sight gag of um, yes. Groot, Groot just, like, going up and getting the battery. And then he's like, okay, or we'll improvise. Like, I thought that was really funny. Everybody gets away in the spaceship. Peter takes a detour to steal his Walkman back, but then goes back to the spaceship. And everybody's screaming at each other on the spaceship. (laughs) Holy moly. So many people screaming at each other. Oh, I missed this part. You said at the prison, Ronan orders every prisoner killed? Yeah, you didn't... Did I, like, get up to go to the bathroom or something? (laughs) What happened? So when Ronan is being chastised by Thanos, he and Nebula then are like, well... We've got to go to the kiln, which is this prison, to find them because that's where Gamora has ended up. So Ronan's chasing down Gamora. They get to the prison after they have already escaped. They, like, kill a prison guard. And then Nebula and Ronan are, like, walking through, like, out of, basically on their way out of frame and Nebula's like, what about the rest of the prisoners? And Ronan says, no one can know what happened here. Like, you have to cleanse the place. What? Yeah. How does this? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Whatever. So he I... and Thanos have some stuff in common about just like indiscriminately, you know. Murdering everybody. Yeah. All exactly. the time. Yeah. Yeah. I totally missed the scene. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> so... Yondu gets on their trail by visiting the broker. Okay. Meanwhile, the people who will future in the future be called the Guardians of the Galaxy head to Nowhere, which is a black market mining colony where they're mining organic elements out of like the skull of a dead. It was so gross. <laughs> it's like spinal fluid. I was like, a do you have to? Yeah. Do you have to? <laughs> so. Gamora kind of tells Peter while they're waiting for the collector to see them. Gamora's like, yeah, Thanos murdered my family and stole me and made me a child soldier. And Peter's like, my mom died and I was abducted by aliens. Like, okay. So we, so we've both been through some ish. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> and he tries to get her to dance. He puts his Walkman on her ears and she kind of hears one of the amazing, cool songs from awesome mix volume one. 
and they kind of start fell in love. Yeah, they kind of start dancing, and she's like, "No, I will not succumb to your pelvic sorcery." And I was like, "That's a, that's a pretty good line. That's a great line." And also, he's like, "You know, where I come from, we've got a legend about people like you who don't dance. It's called Footloose. Yes. And a hero named Kevin Bacon teaches a bunch of people with sticks up their butts that dancing can be fun." And she also has a little bit of like the literal thing going on, and she's well, like, I think she just doesn't know the idiom, and she's like. She's like, why would people put sticks up their butts? That seems really cruel. Like, who put the sticks up their butts? <laughs> He's just like, no, it's... Uh. it's a- it comes back later when she calls him Kevin Bacon or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drax and Groot and Rocket get into, like, a huge brawl, and Peter has to break it up again. And This is where so many people were screaming. I was like, you all need to take it down a notch. I can't. <laughs> I can't with this. Finally, the Collector's Slave comes and collects them, tells them to come into his lair or whatever. And he's like, oh, the Infinity Stones. Like, they were the love, whatever. The first things in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really was just like, bloody, 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 bloody. Like, they were the first things in this universe. And then the Big Bang happened. And then these six stones, the whatever, blue, 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 blue. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and like, you have to be, you know, only the most powerful people can can wield them. And then, as I said, the collector's slave sees a way out of her enslavement and comes up and touches the, pow- uh, the power gem. And she is disintegrated and she, like, pulls the whole place down around her. Uh, the guardians survive. We find out later the collector survives, although they don't check on him, understandably. <laughs> they Gamora grabs the orb and she's like... We we have to get this to Novacore because they're the only ones who can keep it safe because Ronan wants it and if Ronan gets it he's just going to use it to murder everyone. Yeah. And Drax, who is a straight up moron. Oh my god, the dumbest. He's so this dumb. This was this was such a frustrating plot element where it was like, really, like he. So the the plot point is that he called Ronan to nowhere to like fight with him which is like like, you have ronan's number like what's up with that (laughs) there's that and there's also like why was he in prison why Mm -hmm. didn't he call ronan before he went into prison (laughs) great question what also what is going on ronan very distinctly says he doesn't remember drax and so why would he answer like if i were ronan i would be (laughs) like oh this is a trap from thanos i'm not gonna go like i'm gonna be betrayed Mm. Yeah, I don't have an explanation for that. I mean, maybe Drax just mentions offhand that he's with Gamora and Ronan figures he can't, like, turn down a possible lead? Maybe. Maybe. Ugh, it's real stupid. So, Yondu and Ronan both show up separately. Fight, 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 fight. blah blah Uh, the, the Kree get the orb. Gamora gets, like, blasted into space and is dying in the vacuum of space and peter like jets out with his like special space resistant face mask and takes it off and puts it on her instead and right before he does that he calls yandu and gives him his coordinates so that he hopes that yandu will like basically abduct the two of them out of the vacuum of space which is yeah. exactly what happens as peter is in the middle of dying mm mm-hmm. mhm so they get abducted into Yondu's ship, and Drax and Rocket and Groot decide to, like, go after them. 
And Ro- meanwhile, Ronan has opened the orb and he's got the power gem and he's like, oh, hey, Thanos, like, I don't need you anymore. Like, you know, you told me to give this to you so you could destroy Xandar, but like, I can destroy Xandar. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> okay, this is where I need to talk. <laughs> Directly to Lee Pace. I'm sure he's a listener. <laughs> Lee Pace, I need you to bring it down about 50 notches, okay? <laughs> this guy is schmacking up a storm. He is like, he is just like bellowing like he's playing to the back of the room. He's in a completely different movie than everybody else, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Just like, just like bellowing. And being, like, so, so super serious about everything when everybody else has a little bit of, like, a wink and a nod about what they're doing. And I just was, by the end, I was like, what? Like, this guy, I don't know. I haven't seen him in other things. I looked him up. I haven't seen anything else he's done. So I don't know how good he is of an actor. But, man, I need you to take it down about 50 notches. (laughs) Like, I just, (laughs) whoo, you are so extra, my friend. I can't. Can't do it. Maybe, like, I don't know, maybe that's kind of what this... And the role is kind of ridiculous. Like, look at his face paint. Maybe that's true. Maybe they were like, you know what? We just want you to go for it. And he was like, great, I'm a Shakespearean-trained actor. I know how to go for it. I don't know if he is or not, but he's British. He was allegedly so. in Breaking Dawn, which I did Ooh, what? see. <laughs> and I saw Miss Pettigrew lives for a day. He was in that. Was he bellowing at anybody? <laughs> I don't. I'm curious who he was in, um, curious who he was in Breaking Dawn. Garrett. Oh, okay. Yes. I, I kind of liked him in, kind of liked him in Breaking Dawn. Oh my God. Did you really just say that sentence <laughs> out loud? Sorry. Ugh. I kind of liked him in Breaking Dawn. Okay. Well. So, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Peters and Gamora are captured by the Ravagers. I keep wanting to call them the Reavers, which is a reference to um, uh, Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. Summer Glow. Yes. Yeah, okay, but <laughs> that's not what the show is called. It's not called Serenity Firefly. either. Firefly. Jeez. Oh, man, I'm getting old. Okay. So... And and Rocket and Groot and Drax go after them, and they ended up they end up just sort of te- teaming up, and they're all they're all gonna go and get the stone, and and Yondu thinks they're gonna take the stone and sell it, and Gamora's like, you can't actually let him do that, and Peter's like, yeah, we'll figure it out later. So they, you know, this is just like final battle. This is pretty bog standard Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, right? Like. They, Peter sends a message to the Nova Corps and tells them, like, hey, Ronan's going to come and try to wipe out the planet and we're going to try to stop him. Can you please help us? And John C. Riley is like, you know, Glenn Close is like, do you believe him? And John C. Riley is like, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> it's like, John C. Riley is like in his normal John C. Riley mode. Made me laugh because he's like, he got my dick message. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Essentially, there's this whole assault on Ronan's ship as Ronan is, like, coming to Xandar. Because all Ronan has to do is, like, touch the power stone to Xandar and he can wipe out everything on it. So they, like, try to assault his ship and it's a whole thing. Nebula and Gamora have to fight, which is just sort of, like, this thing that always happens between the two of them. Mm -hmm. 
and they try to they try to shoot Ronin, but it doesn't work. And then Rocket like crashes a ship into Ronin, which at least it still doesn't kill him. And then they're all like about to die, but it but it is it does crash Ronin's ship, right? And so as the ship is going down onto the surface of Xandar, oh, and by the way, at some point the Nova Corps comes to surround Ronin's ship, and they all get massacred. Every single member of the Nova Corps who is like like the Nova Corps Air Force has been completely destroyed. Yeah, it hasn't even been Thanos. It has been a hundred percent wiped out. Yeah. So that happened. But now, okay, so the ship Ronin's ship is going down, and the Guardians are all on it. And this is the, like, one of the only scenes I remembered from this movie, and it was still really affecting, right? Mm -hmm. Groot, like, basically makes himself into an impenetrable forest ball (laughs) and encloses all of the humanoid and and rocket people (laughs) inside of it. And Rocket's like, no, Groot, you'll die. And Groot just says, we are Groot, instead Mm -hmm. of his I am Groot from all the other lines. And they crash and they all are okay, except Groot has been completely destroyed. And they kind of dust themselves off. But Ronan is still alive, annoyingly. And he's got the power gem in his hand. And he's like, people of Xandar! Like, you were like, you you must chill. (laughs) You know, and your gods will be blah! Right? And then, thankfully, Peter cuts him off just by being like, ooh. Child, that actually still got me. Easier. Because Ronan just looks at him and he's like, what are you doing? Yes. <laughs> he can't even conceive. And Peter gives Rocket just enough time to jury rig. Like, Rocket is like a really good improviser with like tech. He gives Rocket just enough time to jury rig a, a gun. And he shoots Ronan with it. Ronan like fumbles the power gem. He shoots the Ronan's. He doesn't shoot Ronan. He shoots Ronan's staff that has the power gem in it. Thank you. It's like it's not even a staff, right? It's a freaking sledgehammer. It is. It's the thing that he sledgehammered that guy's head with. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right. Yes. So the gem comes out of the sledgehammer, and in slow mo, Ronan and Peter both kind of die for it. But Peter gets it first, and then there's this really funny thing how Ronan just like watching this go down from here on out. Like he doesn't make any moves to do anything i think he's just sort of like i'm gonna see how this turns out (laughs) because he probably thinks that that peter will be incinerated yeah i guess you're right yeah so peter peter starts being consumed by the gem and it's very gross like his face is like coming apart it's not super gross (laughs) and then gamora is like peter take my hand and like peter sees his mom like in the (laughs) void of space (laughs) yeah it's it's uh, slightly affecting (laughs) And Peter takes her hand, and then she kind of gets sucked into this, like, power gem controly matrix or whatever. And then Groot, sorry, not Groot, Rocket and Drax do this, also take ha- their hands. So all four of them are kind of exercising some amount of control over this gem, I guess. And they destroy Ronin with it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Somehow and- Peter can focus the energy from the power gem specifically on Ronin without hurting anybody else. As we learn in Guardians 2, he's half... No, we learned at the end of this movie. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So Gamora manages to snap like a containment device around the stone. It looks like, um, you know, and... Looks uh, like a bounty hunter. Yes! Uh, It looks like Leia's... The thermal detonator! uh, The thermal detonator, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And so Peter does a little sleight of hand where... 
I mean, I could instantly tell what was happening, but also I've seen this movie before. He he appears to give it to Yondu, but he actually keeps it. He actually gives Yondu a troll doll, which I thought was kind of adorable. Yeah, it's funny. We see it in his ship earlier. And, you know, Rocket is really broken up about Groot. But then later we do see that they've taken like a little stick from Groot <laughs> and they used it to generate yeah. son of Groot. Baby Groot. Yeah. So which we do, the, the, the writer director does say that it's not Groot reborn. It's like son of Groot, basically. Oh, okay. So uh, Nova Prime, Glenn Close is like, oh, uh, you're only half human. You're oh, half. Oh, wait, can we something. go? Can we just what? go back and just Ronan's like, how is this possible? And he's like, we're the guardians of the galaxy. Like, you know, they actually well, Ronan say. Ronan calls them that first. He's like, look at them. You're guardians of the galaxy. You're a great Ronan, actually. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <sighs> I should have been in Twilight Breaking Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely should not have been. And there, so anyway, so later Nova Prime is like, "Yeah, you're not fully human. You know, your dad was something else. We don't know. Whatever. Cool. <laughs> some kind of she says some kind of like ancient being that they have never seen before. How they could possibly know that? Unclear. Yeah. And then Drax and and Gamora's like, okay, Drax, like we killed Ronan just like you wanted. And Drax is like, yeah, but Ronan was just a puppet. We really need to kill Thanos. And Gamora's like, Ugh, all right. Where were you in <laughs> Infinity War, my dude? Why didn't you just take care of him? I don't remember well, where he was in Infinity War. Actually, he, he gets dusted. Right, but there was a there's a time before that. Sure. Yeah, it's not. There, there's certainly no part of the Guardians 2 plot is Drax's quest to kill Thanos, that's for right. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So John C. Riley, member of Novacore, is like, hey, you've expunged your criminal we've expunged your criminal records, but like don't do any more crimes. And they're like, Yeah, but we're probably gonna do more crimes. <laughs> do and some they, crimes. They <laughs> get on Peter's reconstructed ship and he finds this, you know, present from his mom that he's never opened, that he gave she gave him five minutes i'm sorry 90 seconds before she died <laughs> and it's awesome mix volume two uh, it's so sweet and a little and, she writes him a note that you yes. hear in her voice yeah and she calls him my little star lord which is the nickname he's been using the whole movie so now we come know where that's from and of course that's got to be a reference to his father and he puts it on and ain't no mountain high enough starts playing which is one of the greatest songs in all of songwriting mm-hmm. and Great, Novacore has the Infinity Stone. They fly off to a new adventure. We get dancing baby Groot, and I do, did not I want s- you back. Do 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 the Jackson Five. Do, yes. Do 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 do. All right, I'll stop. Yeah, that was the movie. So let's just follow the Infinity Stone for a moment. So I believe in Infinity War, we are told. That Thanos went to Xandar, wiped out Nova, and took the the power gem. Yeesh, is that true? I think so. Ooh. <laughs> That's really rough. Thor revealed that the Mad Titan decimated the war-torn planet of Xandar and captured the Power Stone. Why is it a war-torn planet? Well, with the Kree, right? But they signed the peace treaty. Yeah, but, I mean, you think with Ronan... I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe they were, maybe they count this, like, I mean, obviously they don't have an Air Force anymore, so maybe things kind of go downhill after that. Maybe. I don't know, man. I'm hesitant to say that we need even more exposition about these places. <laughs> no, I know. Considering how many movies we have. 
so we kind of did our thoughts and feelings about it up front, but is there anything else you want to talk about? Sorry, I'm reading a Quora article real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's just, so the, it's very nonspecific that Thanos decimated Xandar, so great. <laughs> um, I, I don't, this is not a movie I'm going to go back and rewatch. I, you know, I, I thought it would answer some questions and it didn't. Yeah. And, and also, like, I don't find these to be pleasant people to spend time with. <laughs> like, I don't, I kind of like Gamora, you know, in yeah, the sense like that she team. has this very tragic backstory and she's very noble and she's really trying to do the right thing. And she's also, you know, very cool. Kind of put in, I think her character in every iterate, like every movie we've seen her in is like, trying to do the right thing but is put in these like impossible situations every single yes. time yeah. you know i think the guardians too if we do it we can talk more about this but you know she has her whole arc with her sister and kind of coming to terms with like the the mutual abuse that they shared at the hands of thanos but also how it affected both of them differently and like what gamora did as a child versus like what she's got to reckon with now because of that so like i think her character actually has some depth to it where i i don't think that's the case for some of the other characters i mean rocket kind of made me crazy like he's so unpleasant and i get that he has like this well of pain or whatever but i mean at some point he says to drax like blah 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 your wife and daughter were murdered like no man (laughs) yeah i mean i don't care i don't care how much pain you've suffered you just don't say that to somebody i think it's supposed to be this sort of like you know well we've all lost people and like get it together but maybe but then we see the flip side of it at the end which is rocket really mourning Groot and then Drax kind of coming over and petting him. So it's sort of like, oh, maybe Rocket is like learning the lesson that like he's never lost anybody really close to him before. Like he really cared about Groot in a way that he doesn't care about other people. That being said, his voice is so grating. And Oh, that's interesting. This is a, a future Academy Award nominee Bradley Cooper. <laughs> like, I, yep. I have a little bit of like, what are you doing? What's that choice, man? What's that acting choice? I assume he was directed that way. I am assuming that as well. But he does like, he's kind of on 10 the entire time, right? Like They all are. Honestly, yeah. they all are. That's what I mean when I say like everyone's yelling at each other. Like it's, there are very few, like... Peter and Gamora are allowed to have a few kind of quiet moments together, but I think everybody else is really on 10 pretty much the whole time. And like Drax, like, do I appreciate his quest to avenge his family? Sure, but he pursues it through means that are both stupid and cruel, right? He he stupidly calls Ronan to them and he cruelly insults Gamora for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't really... I mean, it's interesting because we've seen other characters that are like driven by this vengeance that I actually quite like. I mean, the, the first one that comes to mind is uh, Inigo Montoya. In... Oh, I thought you were going to say Killmonger. Or Killmonger. Yes. If we want to stick to the MCU. But like Inigo Montoya, right? His father is killed in front of him and... That, she's talking about the princess bride although i would hope everyone's seen I mean, the princess bride if you haven't seen the princess bride get out of this podcast airspace i can't <laughs> yeah. but like 
the listeners you know, i his... still love you even if you haven't seen princess bride <laughs> you know but that's a character that's really driven by his vengeance and yet he's allowed other character traits as well drax just felt very one note and yeah if you want to stick to the mcu killmonger also is sort of avenging coming up and avenging his father Aren't the second two iron man movies kind of antagonists driven by vengeance <sighs> yeah it's hey ma- you know who else is ghost from ant-man and the wasp oh my gosh so many <laughs> vengeancings yeah mickey rourke's character didn't really do it for me and was it iron, iron man 2, two. Mm-hmm. he's avenging his father who was sort of ousted by um robert's is it robert stark what's no Tony it's stark? not it? howard howard stark yes i'm sorry sort of ousted by howard stark but that's sort of you know he's kind of one note as well but we're not supposed... But, like, he's a villain, you know? We're not... So- Drax is supposed to be someone that we <laughs> yeah. empathize with. It's kind yeah, of- it's funny. Uh, it's way easier to empathize with the villain Killmonger, who also has a, somewhat <laughs> of a revenge plot line, than it is to <laughs> empathize with the alleged hero, Drax. Yeah, yeah. Which is a problem. Yeah. And, like, Groot, uh, Groot is sweet. Groot, Groot is a sweetheart. Obviously, you know... Yeah, he gives the- a flower to that little girl. It's cute. Yeah. Obviously, the 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 most morally pure of any of them <laughs> yeah uh yeah. but man alive I, <laughs> it's just hard to be with these people especially like i was not one of those people who you know wanted to draw and quarter star lord after he ruined their chances of killing off thanos in oh, infinity war kate is <laughs> kate that's fine and that's fine if night. you feel that way it's a fine fine way to feel but it is it's kind of funny to watch this movie in light of the fact that he you know forks up the universe so badly <laughs> like, and then his uncontrollable emotions kind of take him to really dark places yeah i mean and i actually think that in infinity war like one of the thing one of the highlights of that movie in terms of the relationships, was the relationship between Gamora and, I was going to say Chris Pratt, uh, Star-Lord. That they actually genuinely do have some moments where you feel for them. And so it is interesting to, like, watch them in this movie, like, getting to know each other. There's clearly, like, a spark there, but they're both, like, super messed up. (laughs) Yes. You know, but it's hard, I think, I think, as we said before, like, to put this, I almost felt, well... I was going to say I almost felt this movie, you know, the stakes were so much lower. But in reality, it has an infinity stone in it. So that's not the yes. case. It, it, I think it was billed as like this really fun kind of irreverent space romp. And in reality, was, was this a- the first time we'd run into an, an infinity stone in the MCU? No, 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 no. The first Avengers movie, Loki has the mind gem in yes. that staff. Yes. So this is the second Infinity Stone we run into. Is yeah, right. Uh, there might also be one in Thor, a Thor movie, at some point. When did uh, when did Benedict Cumberbatch's terrible accent come out? Oh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, later it came out later. Okay, because there's one in that one too. Yeah, Maybe 2016 or something. The following year. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk Star Wars trailer? <laughs> do I ever? <laughs> It looks so good. This trailer looks so good. This trailer looks so good. So what do you make of the Palpatine cackle at the end? Ugh. I mean, I guess it's his forced ghost. So but I like, have been why? told. I've been told by some very 
prominent nerds in my life <laughs> that the new extended universe so like oh boy i don't <laughs> don't think i really want to get into this but like there used to be a whole extended universe with like books so like yeah. I-, I never got into that stuff i watched the movies 8000 times but i never got into the books i wa- i read like two of the books they as far as i'm concerned they were all garbage so i i never got into them some of them were supposed to be pretty good but i never read them maybe like yeah some some gold amongst the dross but mostly dross but they when they made the new trilogy, they threw out the whole old extended universe, so it's not canon anymore. And instead, they Disney like uh, commissioned a bunch of writers to write new extended universe, like comic books and novels and novelizations and stuff like that. So there's like a whole new extended universe, and apparently, in the new extended universe. I'm told by the prominent nerds in my life, there is time travel, which. I really do not want. What are you doing to us? I don't know. It just feels so antithetical to me to put time travel into Star Wars. It's just like, that's not what this is. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's not supposed to be. It's it's like a space opera. It's, you know, it's like old fat. You know, it's supposed to harken back to like World War Two movies, you know, dogfighting and like Akira Kurosawa films. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, like, uh, you know, classical Japanese cinema, like time travel fits nowhere into this matrix. It's supposed to be the really hope they don't do that. It's supposed to be the prototypical hero's journey. It's supposed to be like, uh, who's that guy who does all the Joseph, Joseph Campbell, Campbell. Um, Not Joseph Conrad in Heart of Darkness. That's different. (laughs) I just was like, oh, it's his Force Ghost, and his Force Ghost has been, like, hanging out for 30 years. But, like, what's your Force Ghost been doing (laughs) for 30 years? (laughs) I also... Having the Emperor cackle at the end really just made me think of, like, what are they going to do for Robot Chicken? (laughs) Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, I definitely... Hey, Crayola, come help me out. (laughs) But the rest of the trailer... I mean, let's forget about the cackle for a hot sec. Okay. The the first part of the trailer where she's in the desert. Go if you haven't watched this, just go watch it, please. It's free on YouTube. How much is your time worth? I'll it's, I'll, I'll Venmo you thirty seven cents. I watched it multiple times at work. <laughs> the girl who sits next to me was like looking at her phone and like obviously very excited about it, so like kind of like trying to keep it together, like freaking out. And I was like, hey, you, what's going on? And she's like, new Star Wars trailer just dropped, and I was like. Just dropped everything I was doing. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was brokering peace in the Middle East, but right now. <laughs> Luckily, my job is not that important, but uh, not as important as the brokering peace in the Middle East. But when she, so like it opens and she's like centering herself and you got that voiceover and she's got the fixed up lightsaber and she runs. She, and then I'm like, oh my god, how is she gonna outrun a a speeder, like a Tie Fighter, or whatever? She doesn't. She that backflip is like the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that black that backflip onto the ship is like just the coolest thing. And if that's what this movie is, I'm in for it. They did. They said that it's gonna be set sometime after the second movie in the trilogy. So well, that's, yeah, right? I mean... Oh, you mean sometime meaning, like, not directly after? Yes, exactly. Oh, like, okay. it's going to be okay. maybe some number of years after the events of Well, that it seems one. like she's gotten some training that in happened. the interim. Yes, I think. 
From whom Unclear. we do not know because Luke is dead. Maybe his force ghost is hanging out. Yoda's is. That's very true. <laughs> Could you imagine just <laughs> having the two of them as your teachers? Like, it's like, like basically your Statler and Waldorf yeah. of the Jedi world. I mean, all yes, and also like they never they never have to sleep because they're ghosts, so they just like, wake you up at three in the morning. And they're like, ha, you got to be ready at all times. Time for your morning run. Constant vigilance. <laughs> At least you don't have to carry me around like a backpack because I'm a ghost. I don't weigh anything. <laughs> so she seems to have gotten some training. I'm assuming the person in the ship is Kylo Ren, but who knows? Ben. Oh, I forgot about this. We're calling him Ben. That's right. I Come mean, on. The, the title is interesting. Yeah, Rise of the Skywalkers. So I I only read one article trying to explain it, and it was like, well, maybe it's like the Jedi sucked because they were all about like celibacy and nonsense. But now we're gonna have Skywalkers, and and that's gonna be the name for like Force users who adhere to a new code. That is like that's, cooler. I saw that too, and I'm actually, if that's the case, I would kind of be into it because it's not Rise of the Skywalkers; it is the Rise of Skywalker. So, oh, is that right? Yes. So my initial thing was like, you know, people were like, is Ray? I was uh, slacking a guy at my office about this. Um, <laughs> Again, he should have been brokering peace in the Middle East. <laughs> he was slacking He's you. He's a web developer. About the it's fine. Uh, we don't have deadlines. It's fine. I was, and so we were, we were uh, slacking about it and, uh, he was like, oh, does that mean that Rey actually is a Skywalker? And I, I hope not. I hope not, too. But I I, I was like, oh, but, uh, you know, Kylo Ren is. So is that uh, is that a sort of nod to his redemption arc? Or could be. Is it? Uh, but I then I saw something on Twitter about like, oh, it could be like this is the new like equilibrium, right? This is the new sort of either group of people who otherwise would have been Jedi or there's like a a different order and it's called Skywalker and I was like oh that could be actually like I would I would not be mad at that Mm -hmm. Um, because that was something that we had talked about in our episode eight breakdown was this sort of like when the Jedi when any Jedi has like what they perceive to be a failure they like completely shut down shut down and freak out and like move to a swamp or a desert or just like i can't (laughs) where and then you have people on the dark side who are like force choking people and like ripping apart you know consoles and maybe it's about that acceptance that every person has the light and the dark within them and they need to work in concert together because i think Mm. that was the best part of episode eight was like that throne room scene interestingly we did not see kylo ren and Ray together in this trailer, really. Mm. Like, you see him, but you don't really see the two of them together. So I wonder what... I mean, I don't know how much... I mean, I'm assuming that their relationship... I don't know how much my heart can take! (laughs) I'm assuming that their relationship is kind of going to be centered to it, but I guess maybe they couldn't release anything without it being super spoilery? I guess. I don't know. Do I I get to see him shirtless again? That's my question. (sighs) I mean, probs, given all of the, (laughs) all of the, um, you know, salivating that happened after the last one. So. (sighs) Okay. December. Yes. We'll be there. We will. Yes. We'll do an episode about it. Don't worry. So I'm not sure what our next episode, like 
so I, it may be that our next episode is Endgame, but it's not going to come out until mid, like until more than a week from now. Uh, or maybe that we do another Marvel movie in the meantime. I'm not totally sure. It kind of depends on my schedule. We're going to have to, Brie and I are going to have to hash that out. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, until next time, normal people do not want to eat other people. Keep Keep that in mind. We'll see you next time, Guardians. When I had you to myself. Didn't no, I'm going to cut that out. That was terrible. That was terrible. Um...